that's given me a gift. Only one. I am the most complete fighter in the world. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Adkins Undisputed, the most complete Scott Adkins podcast in the world for an Adkins adjacent. You know what? I can't even really call it an Adkins adjacent bonus review. I'm just going to call it a bonus review because this is a review for a Scott Adkins movie like we've done for Seized and Dead Reckoning and Max Cloud. Uh, This will not be one of the deep dives we'll get to that when i get to the end of the series and we get to this actual movie but i wanted to make sure that we do a uh, lighter and a quicker review for everybody who wants to know if this movie is worth watching so of course we are going to be talking about the 2021 james nunn release one shot and as always i do not do this by myself i brought in not one but two people to help me out on this one i have got first and foremost He's been on the show before. You heard him talking about Dead Reckoning. I think he's probably going to be more excited to be here this time. From Synapse, uh, one of my favorite Twitter friends and a great writer, Ed Travis. Ed, how are you? I am doing great, and you are indeed correct. I'm happy to be talking about One Shot versus Dead Reckoning. (laughs) But in fairness, Scott does not wear a wig in this movie. (laughs) Nor does he talk with... (laughs) A very, very not Boyka, but Boyka-esque Russian accent. <laughs> In and, fairness. And also helping us out for this one. Uh, y'all listening will not have heard him yet uh, because I have been slacking on the editing, but he has recorded the show before. But uh, I'm going to give him a very quick introduction. He is the official Adkins Undisputed Tactical Expert, Chris Barreras. Chris, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm really good expert. I don't, uh, I mean, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I don't know if I'm an expert on anything, but yeah. Tactical <laughs> it is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Does that work better? Tactical consultant. Does that work better? I like that a lot. I'm going to put that on my business card if I had a business. Perfect. Um, so uh, for those who are unaware, uh, one shot releases November 5th here in the US in theaters and on VOD. It is directed by uh, a director that I have talked about at length on this show, Mr. James Nunn. He's the director of uh, Relevant to Scott. He's the director of Green Street 3 Hooligans, or Green Street Hooligans 3, I should say. And he is also the director of Eliminators. And he's directed several other movies that I'm a big fan of. The Marine 5, The Marine 6, his debut, Tower Block. Um, All around, I think it's fair to say this is a movie that we're all looking forward to. Uh, Everybody who's seen the trailer may or may not know the gimmick. I don't... Like I said, loosey-goosey folks, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but the whole point of this is this is a single-take action movie similar to something like Alfred Hitchcock's Rope or 1917. Um, 
as always, we're going to spend about 15, 20 minutes talking about it spoiler free. And then I will give everybody ample warning and uh, we will go into spoilers. Uh, if you don't want to hear spoilers, you can drop out at that point and rejoin us after you've had a chance to see the movie. So I am going to start us off with Ed. Ed, tell me what your initial thoughts on One Shot are. Ooh, right off the bat, man, just laying it on me. Um yeah, well, uh, I had a great time with One Shot. Um, I think that this is the kind of movie that is going to kind of rise and fall for you on, on how you appreciate the long take film as a, as a sort of a subgenre of a subgenre. You know, you can do uh, one take films within any kind of genre, I guess. But, um, you know, there I think there are certain strengths to this particular format that this movie pulls off extremely well. And there's also some, you know, challenges I think around the single take that um, are, are like somewhat noticeable in this movie. But uh, I think the kind of lulls that come from a single take style are going to be in every movie that tries to present itself as a, as a single take. So a lot of the sort of expertise that shows through in this movie is in how they use those downtimes and how they how they fill you know the 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 beginning to the end of the movie and so um that's getting into technical stuff but also it kind of just it does kind of kick ass and uh, i'm excited to hear from chris what he thinks about all the tactical stuff but uh i mean this is definitely a tactical action movie um with just kind of huge sustained gun battles and things like that that are all captured in these single take style which i'm sure we'll get into whether it's actually a single take versus the style of a single take and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I had a blast guys, our, our, our boy, Scott, uh, it just pulls off some pretty amazing stuff in this, in this particular style. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great time. And I'm a huge James Nunn fan as well. Although I haven't seen those Marine movies. So yes. I don't know. I, I'm interested to hear from you guys if I have to check him out. Looking at his uh, at his filmography, I'm like, I've seen almost everything he's done except for those. So I guess I need to jump in. But you got to check yeah. out Marine four, five and six. So Marine okay. four is directed by the almighty William Kaufman. Uh, and then five and six are directed by James Nunn. Uh, and uh, they are absolutely worth checking out for somebody who appreciates the finer aspects of DTV action, as I know you do. So, mm -hmm. uh, Chris, yeah. what are your initial thoughts? And again, yeah, we will definitely get into more details, but just off the bat, what are your initial thoughts? Um, I loved it. Uh, I went, I went in, and I expected a solid, you know, like a solid action movie. And what uh, I left was, it is in my top ten of the year. It is one of the strongest action films of the year. Um, everything that Ed said in terms of all the strengths and the limitations, I totally agree with, you know, but all that, you know, like I'll say for spoilers, um, I also haven't seen any of the Marine movies. Please don't kick me out of action Twitter. Um, but I'm sold on the fact that number four is our boy. Um, I love William Kaufman. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I am absolutely just all blown away by this film. This was, I thought I would love it, but I didn't think I would just be like, holy shit, this movie came out of nowhere for me. So I loved it. Yeah. So for me, this one is 
just fucking aces. Um, this is this is you know, people listening and and Scott, if you're listening, which I'm assuming you probably are, and James, I'm assuming you're probably gonna listen to this as well. You know, uh, Scott, buddy, you know, I'm always happy to call you out on when movies are, are a misfire for me. Um, I feel like some of the ones, uh, you know, so much got delayed by COVID, but 2019, Scott had five movies. Um, and I thought a lot of them were varying degrees of okay to, you know, decent. Um, this is going to be be upper echelon for me this is up there with day of reckoning and undisputed three and avengement uh i was absolutely blown away by this um and and we'll get into some more detail but what i was really blown away by was not even the the one shot technique which ed you're right we will certainly talk about the the technical components of that but i was really blown away by the drama of it that that supported it the the actual ability to develop characters in what is a real time because whether it's it's a true one or not uh which it's not uh we'll talk about that but it is in real time uh the ability to develop fully fleshed out characters in 92 minutes of actual time was impressive. And I thought this was um, one of Scott's best dramatic performances uh, that I think he's, he's done. I, I, I absolutely just found him riveting on the screen in addition to all the cool action. Um, and I do have to shout out uh, his, we'll talk a little bit more in detail about all the actors, but I do have to shout out uh, because I got, I got to take a little bit of a victory lap on this one. He told me that he personally was taking uh, the American accent that he was doing in this one seriously because he had heard me criticize his American accent before. Um, <laughs> and I do think he does a very good job. It's hard because I know what he sounds like, so he still sounds like Scott to me. But let's be honest, this is 180 degrees removed from Ninja in terms of American accents. So... Um, let's this is look. really good. <laughs> yeah, so I think just for people who just want to listen really quickly and are like, I just want 20 seconds of should I watch this movie or not? Is it fair to say, boys, we're all in agreement. This is a must watch Scott Adkins movie. A hundred percent. Yes, uh, I agree. A hundred percent. It's one of of his best, I think, in terms of straight action. Yeah. Um. I'm going to agree with that. So we'll, so we're going to still stay spoiler free for a few minutes, but uh, so Ed, um, you mentioned a little bit about the limitations and the benefits of the, the one shot technique. And uh, for those who are wondering, this is a, it's not a true one uh, because trying to do a movie like this as a true one would be, unbelievably irresponsibly dangerous dealing with this much pyro and stuff like that. But what I do know from talking to Scott and, and a little bit uh, with James is, you know, they really pushed the takes on this. I think there's, I think they were aiming for 10 to 12 minute shots. And so there's only about eight or nine cuts in this entire movie. So it, 
it's not a true winner, but it's pretty damn close. But Ed, you mentioned some of the strengths and drawbacks. Uh, what are elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah, yeah, happy to. I think I I'm 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 loving how much you guys are loving it. Uh, I may actually be the one who loves it the least, but that's. Mike was just saying before we started recording that a second viewing was even uh, better. So I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I got to maybe watch this bad boy a second time. But I guess for me, what I mean by that is that um, you're not going to get like Boyka level choreography in a movie that is setting out to, you know, capture action in these long sweeping takes. Right. So um, you're not going to get sort of like incredibly complicated choreography and super stylized, uh, you know, flying spin kicks and stuff like that. Um, And so you sort of need to like put that aside uh, in your expectations for the movie. But then at the same time on the, on the flip side of that is that, I, I had kind of put aside some of those things and I was like, okay, like, let's just see what, what these guys have in store for us with this format. And then I actually felt like our boy Scott did quite a lot of really cool stuff, which I guess I don't want to get into spoilers because <laughs> the plot spoilers aren't as, aren't as big of a deal with a movie like this as like what badass stuff does Scott Atkins do on screen. So maybe I'll, I'll save that for a little later, but like, but basically uh, there's actually more um, sort of, powerful action choreography or like little moments uh set pieces if you will within these long takes that um were actually pretty freaking cool so um i guess it's kind of like your expectation levels you need to play with them a little bit going into a movie like this just because of how specific this style is you know but um I just think they nailed it. I mean, I'll I'll get into it a little bit more later, but I think the writing is like a huge piece of how it succeeds and then like the staging and like the location and and all that stuff is so crucial to how it uh how it works you know um but yeah i I guess i don't want to get into like some of the cool shit he does because that's spoilery (laughs) for us adkin people (laughs) yeah you know what i guess i should say i didn't even say you can tell it's been a while since i've done this i didn't even say what the plot is the entire plot is uh, Scott plays uh, Lieutenant Jake Harris, a Navy SEAL. Uh, he and a Navy SEAL team are escorting Ashley Green's Zoe Anderson to a remote island uh, black site to retrieve a prisoner uh, played by Walid El Ghadi, uh, who at, over the course of the movie, we find out why he's important. He seems very unimportant initially. Um the black side is run by uh i i can't remember what his rank is but jack york played by ryan Phillippe. um and uh what ultimately ends up happening is a team of mercenaries slash terrorists uh and that's one thing we'll definitely talk about in the when we get into spoilers is the whether this movie is problematic or not i will say i actually think it does an incredibly good job of avoiding being problematic, but we can talk about that more. They invade the base to retrieve this prisoner and Scott and his Navy SEALs have to try and get the prisoner out. Um, And that's it. I mean, it is, as you said, Ed, when you're doing a 90 minute one shot real time action movie, you don't have time to fuck around with a complicated plot, right? You Mm got to keep it simple and straightforward. And this movie keeps it simple and straightforward. So there's the plot. Um, Chris, what did you think without getting into spoilers of the one shot technique? 
is employed in this. Um, again, um, I think that Ed stole a lot of my thunder already. Um, <laughs> from uh, a story point, it 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 isn't all that deep. Um, but as you said, Mike, having it be set in the limitations of it being in real time, I think it it works around all that extremely well. Um, and it being in quotes, all one take, uh, it limits or the scale of the film. It does feel smaller budget, but I think that it, that overall it works and it helps the film. Um, it's way, way more action packed than I thought it would be because when I went in, I was expecting a film along the lines of crazy samurai, which is a oneer, and that movie, I mean, I, I love talk Sakaguchi, but that movie is very simple. It's very like, huh, uh, huh, you know, just all simple strikes. And what I got with this was something, it, it was a lot of high energy. And then it lulled, I think, at the times when it was needed to lull just a little bit, you know, to breathe, you know, to hide a cut, you know, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So the second time I watched this, I really tried to find the cuts and I'll be honest, I found two and that's it. Mm -hmm. This is cut so unbelievably well um, that I could only find two of what I know. So I know there's at least six or seven that I missed. Um, Three on my first viewing. And then after that, I just kind of just stopped caring. I was just like, well, and that, that's one of the other things for me is actually after a while, I kind of even stopped noticing the one take format because I was so en enthralled in the movie. And Chris, I'm so glad you brought up Crazy Samurai Musashi. And Ed, you've seen Crazy Samurai Musashi too, correct? I mean, yeah, we can all just, I think, admit that we didn't particularly like it that much. We admire <laughs> I'm just shaking my head no, just shaking my head no. <laughs> Love that talk did it, right? Yeah. Love that talk did it. Uh, but yeah, I, I said this on uh, the Action for Everyone podcast, uh, my other podcast that I do, uh, plug uh, with Liam O'Donnell and Vice <laughs> Victus. Um, it's 70 minutes of talk just thwacking people on the head. There's no choreography. There's no there's no narrative rhythm to it. And, and this has so much narrative flow and rhythm uh, that. It, it, you know, it feels like a traditional three act structured movie, even though it's using this one take real time format. And that's not easy to pull off. Uh, I always think when I see these and it's not a one take movie, but it is a real time movie. I think of uh, the Johnny Depp movie. Nick uh, of Time. Nick of Time. With yeah. Yeah. Will fully admit I can't stand because they put so many clocks in that damn movie to tell you that it's a real time movie. And all that does is end up making me think, man, I've still got this much left in this movie. Um, <laughs> or is, you know, one shot does a really great job of giving you just enough time markers. This isn't really a spoiler, but like they call it air support and the air supports like we're, I think it's 22 or 32 minutes out 
And that's that's an exact time code to how long is left in the movie. So it's just enough of a marker to know we're still in real time, but without like being like, hey, we're in real time. Did you notice we're in real time? It's really cool. Right. You know, and, and so much of this movie, I also feel like with the one shot technique is it doesn't really beat you over the head with, hey, we're doing this in one shot. Isn't it cool? Like, how cool are we? You know, it just creates, for me at least, a visceral thrill of being in this situation. Ed. Um, yeah. Um, so well, I think part of I, I I watched the movie a few weeks ago and I have a notoriously terrible memory. So I you guys may have to help me out with this, but I, I remember there being some like walk and talks happening in the movie that were very good because that those are the kinds of times where there, you have these lulls where like, okay, you can't hide a cut or, or you can't cut. So, you know, when this, this gunfight over here is done and you need to pad like 50 seconds of, of screen time, there was just frequently just enough twist. And this is why I would say uh, the, the screenplay, which I guess says James Nunn and, and someone, Jamie Russell, who I haven't, haven't looked up or I don't know anything about, but um the screenplay is very important to the to the movie being so good because there's just enough twists and like kind of who it is a basic story but it's like we follow these these certain couple of characters and there's you're going okay well what's what's going on with Ryan Felipe you kind of go okay Ryan Felipe's in this movie like how much screen time is this dude getting and like how significant is his character um and i just think there's there's those kinds of deals that that happen throughout the movie where it's kind of a lull or, or it's dead, but that's when the writing actually kind of like gets you more hooked, you know? And so, and this is the stuff that action movie guys, like, you know, we're not like literally just like complete bloodthirsty, you know, insane people who just want like nonstop violence 24 seven. I mean, I like a good story. I like to be engaged. And, and the one shot technique is the kind of thing that could really disconnect you, you know, from the story. Like you just kind of start going, okay. Like the camera's, just following down on the hall now or whatever. But I think the script, the script really did a great job of like throwing the little twists in as they're, as they're walking from here to there. Um, you guys might remember some of those a little better than I am at the moment, but uh, I think there were several times where I was like, Oh, this is so good where they're hooking me in as they're just walking down the hallway. Like I, I want to know more about what's happening and that kind of thing, which was, which was big for me. Well, and Chris, I'll kick it over to you in just a sec. But the, the the one thing I want to say with that too is one of the things I really liked about this is the way it, you know, one of the things that's hard to do with the one shot technique is to shift perspective. And the way this bounces between Scott and the SEALs versus the mercenaries and the way they hand that off without it being completely obvious you just and that's where those ed like you said those walk and talks come into play it's incredibly well done um and 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 i'm with you ed this is this is at a script level an incredibly well done movie because the meticulous plotting to make all of this come together is something that I just have to tip my hat to. Um, Chris, uh, what do you, what do you think? I agree there. There's a moment that I'll talk about in spoilers. I was expecting 
it out of stick the whole time with Scott. It doesn't. It changes and you get to meet even like all the bad guys, you know, you know, at one point and how that was done. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. This is like, they aren't just all the blank face bad guys, which could have been very easy for them, you know, to, to help in the one take format, but you actually get all of their side as well. So as you two have said, at a script level, it's super tight. There is no fat on this thing at all, like none. And the lulls aren't just like, all right, you know, like we're, you know, like we're going to breathe. There is actual, there are lines of dialogue that all aid in moving the film forward, and they're all needed. Like, you know, this is a this is a tight film. Like, in an action movie on the average, you could be like, Oh, I would drop that scene or I would drop this or whatever. You can't drop anything out of this movie or else it would, it would lose that impact. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get itchy to dig into some spoilers here, but uh... <laughs> you know what, Ed, let's, let's do it. We're, we're 24 minutes in. Um, all right, folks, uh, if we haven't sold you on watching one shot yet, we're probably not going to, uh, which is sad for you. Uh, think about your life choices. Uh, but we are going to go into full spoilers on this. This is a strong recommendation from all three of us of the Adkins bonus reviews I've done, uh, this is by far and away the strongest recommendation from, from all of us. Uh, so please, please check this movie out again, releasing in the U S November 5th on demand and in theaters. I believe it's getting a UK release just shortly after that. I hope, um, but please check it out and please, as always, make sure to properly pay for it and buy it. Uh, I was lucky enough. We were all three of us were lucky enough to get screeners. I will 100% be buying my digital copy of this and also be buying my Blu-ray copy of this when it comes out, because I want Scott to continue doing movies. I want James Nunn to continue to make movies. Please uh, support these indie action movies. And we will be going into spoilers in five Four, three, two, one. Ed, take us away. Awesome. So there's a real great shot where he comes flying out of like a, a barrack window after like an explosion or whatever. And, and I just think to myself, like, come on, like, this is a one take. I, 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 I can't wait to see sort of like director's commentary and bonus features and stuff to see like, how they pull off that. Cause it just felt like too dangerous to be doing a single take, like where there's an explosion behind him and he's flying out the window and right towards the camera and all that stuff. I just was like freaking out. Um, and then also like the final, the very, again, we don't know where the cuts were. Like I, I, I didn't see them uh, necessarily, but that the very final sequence where he has like a full on like knife fight with the quite badass villain which again as chris pointed out like the fact that they were able to switch perspectives and give us a little bit of like inside scoop on the villains and stuff was was crucial um but yeah there's like a knife fight like 
you know, I just don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it. And uh, I couldn't see the seams like uh, some of the, some of the knife, the neck stabby <laughs> situation that was going on. I'm like, I, I don't know, computers. I just assume computers can just do magic things today, but I don't know how they did it, you know? And that's part of the fun of like the, the magic component of, you know, you're watching a movie and, you know, people sometimes think that nerds like us that watch a whole lot of movies, like lose the magic. And, and to me, I'm kind of like, not really. Cause I still don't know how they do things. And I, I still see, you know, I may know this or that, but you know, I watch stuff and I freak out and go like, how they do that or why why would you why would you make that choice because that makes your life so much harder to do this but you did it so awesome <laughs> yeah yeah uh so the 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 main villain that scott has the last night fight with his name is jess Auden, and uh i know him from big brother he's the the donnie yen movie he's the mma champion that donnie uh beats up in the locker room uh did i not recognize him um but uh but he's got such you know i think it's a good time to talk about the the actors other than scott i think we've all agreed scott's terrific in it he's such an impressive villain um both physically and dramatically and the movie really gives him time to shine you know obviously I think the high drama point is the scene where he he hooks um, the kid up, and I, I don't remember his name, but he hooks the kid up with the the bomb vest. Oh, that's right. And, you know, and when I'm talking about how this movie could be problematic, I think that's the thing. It's not because it really takes the time with that to let us live with that moment, live with the fact that this kid is scared to do this, but he's been so clearly indoctrinated in this um, that he thinks this is what he's supposed to do. And you can tell the way Jesse Auden plays it. He's a mercenary. He's not a true believer. He's just spouting these things to make this kid do what he wants to do so that he can get paid and that was one of the things that I really thought, admittedly, we're three white guys talking about this movie, but that was one of the things that I thought this movie did incredibly well, was make him such a menacing villain, but also such a manipulative piece of shit that when he does get Scott's knife into his throat at the end, uh, for as serious as this movie is, you're kind of like, yes, fucking suck it, douchebag. <laughs> Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Villain. I thought he was, as you guys have said, superimposing. And I like that, that, oh, the scene in the suicide vest, it, it was brought up because it does feel very genuine in the fact that this kid, he believes it. In his soul, he believes that this is the right thing to do, but he's terrified. And this actor, I don't know who he is either. He's great in that scene because you see the fear in his eyes, like the fact that he's crying, he's shaking. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to die, but it's for the cause. So he will do it. It, Even though he is a, one of the bad guys, when he does click it, it feels it's scary. And it feels heart wrenching in that moment. Oh, because you know that this kid is just being used. Like he doesn't have to do this overall. You know that our main villain is, as you said, he's just, he's in there for the paycheck. 
but he will do whatever he can only for that paycheck. And it, yeah. And then, Ed, as you said, I remember I saw a screenshot of Scott flying out of that trailer window and I was like, how are they going to pull this off in one take? And then you see it and you're like, Oh shit, he launched himself out a window. Uh, that looks painful. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. And, and one thing that I liked about this is that Scott at the end looks absolutely haggard. He mm-hmm. looks exhausted. And for those who have never been in a firefight before, I have. You feel like you have or have not slept for about a week straight at, and hit the gym for about 24 hours straight. There, there is no energy at all left in your body. Even your shoes feel like they weigh about 20 pounds each. Like it, like it takes every ounce of willpower just to take a step. And I appreciate in that final scene that Scott looks like he's been in the shit the entire time. Cause that's how you feel. You feel just utterly drained of everything that you have. And slowly, like I have to hand it off to like all the prop team and the makeup team. Cause as they, cause as the movie goes, just the look on Scott's face gets more and more like I need a breather and he doesn't get it, but he just looks exhausted at the end. And I, like me, I, I see that. And I'm like, you know what? That's spot on. Cause that's how it feels. Well, and again, reminder, this entire thing takes place over 90 minutes. So it, it really does do a good job of conveying it doesn't take that long for you to get that exhausted, right? Like, <laughs> absolutely. I'd say, I'm, I'd say that one time I was in one, it felt like it took an hour and a half after it was over. I looked at my watch and it was just over 10 minutes. So time slows, you know, like when you're in that type of situation. Yeah. First of all, it's, it's incredible to hear your, your perspective, Chris, because I certainly have nothing like that to share, but, uh, but also, I think that um, that's actually, in my mind, one of the like plus columns for this type of this format of storytelling is that like the exhaustion that you see on our hero's face and in his performance is like is actual exhaustion, right? And so I think that communicates something to us where you know we're used to just seeing our our screen heroes just like have have endless boundless energy and and that kind of thing. Um, they rarely, I mean, you have like moments like in that there's that john wick moment where the he's like can we just take a quick pause <laughs> they, they take a little break uh <laughs> but that's pretty rare that just, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in action movies that often but i think that is a, a for me that's a, a plus column because i'm i don't know i love the humanity behind behind characters in stories so like that that's good to me whereas i think some people might be like oh, i don't want to see my action heroes like sweating and <laughs> exhausted, but I, I don't know. I love that piece. Well, actually, Ed, I love that you brought up John Wick. And I, look, I adore, I worship at the altar of John Wick, uh, John Wick 4 coming soon, starring Scott Adkins. Uh, but uh, but people forget the John Wick movies take place over like four days. There is zero chance <laughs> that that any human being could withstand what John withstands in those movies. And so I do appreciate the way that this movie, and and again, 
I can speak to the fact that I was talking to him while he was filming this. And when we would start recording, most of Scott's first words were made. I'm tired. Like, like it's because not only is he doing all this physical stuff, but this is a very dramatically heavy performance for him too. So everybody on this has, they've got a, and not just him, but Ashley and, and, you know, uh, Ryan Phillippe and uh, well, especially, but especially Scott Ashley Green and uh, Wally Gilgaldi, man, they have got to rattle off a crap ton of dialogue while hitting their marks for all these squibs, for all these explosions. And so I don't think, I don't doubt for a second that by the end of this movie, the exhaustion you see on everybody's face is they're only 20% acting, right? The rest of it is just like, oh my God, are we finally done with this movie yet? Right, yeah. Have you, have you guys seen um, any other one-take films? I, there's, I, I wanted to look it up before we started. I think it's called Victoria. Have you heard of this? Um, it is a single-take movie, like a legit one. Uh, and I saw it at a festival... So I got a little bit of the Q&A component and it's a very like dialogue heavy movie. And in that situation, they only shot it three times like and they didn't get it on the first two. Like the director is going like we have enough budget and production, you know, money to literally do this one more time. And they sort of got the movie on the last take, you know, but that's it you brought up Mike, the, the dialogue. And I think that's like a big piece. Cause it's like, we're as action movie fans, we're talking about him flying through a window and, you know, sticking a knife in someone's neck or whatever. But it's like, what if you just mess up the stupid dialogue, like some stupid line right in the middle of the, the shot, you know, it's like, you're all going to want to just die <laughs> at that point. Uh, which is why they don't make a lot of these kinds of movies, you know, but it's, it's, you're right. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty, the walk and talks are, are tight and, and, yeah you just gotta wonder how yeah they could have screwed it up in so many different ways and they really didn't and not only did they not screw it up but the movie kicks ass so yeah (laughs) so a couple things on that so yeah so victoria they shot it actually they shot it three times but the studio or the the producers required that the director shot a fourth version with 10 minute takes just in case he couldn't get the one because that you're right Ed, that is a true one or that was brought up to me a couple of times on twitter that that is a true one or because i had said russian arc is really the only one i know of and and victoria is a true one or uh but the the other thing is yeah when i was talking to scott about the one that's in day of reckoning and he's like oh no that's not a true one or because i thought it was and he's like we've got too many explosions too much pyro too many squibs like if you mess up one of those you have to redo everything and it costs thousands of dollars now imagine you've got all those that and that one or doesn't have dialogue so now imagine if you've got a one or with all these squibs and explosions and you fuck up a line of dialogue oh my god like people would want to kill you the the other one that i always think of is lock the tom hardy movie mm. um that's a that is technically a true one or they much like Victoria, they shot it three times. Um, 
they put the car for those who don't know the entire movie is Tom Hardy in a car talking on his speakerphone. Uh, they put the car on a tow truck and drove it up and down this freeway three times until they got the one they wanted, but that's all dialogue, right? That's like doing a play. There's no squibs. There's no explosions. There's no blood. There's no knife fights. There's no martial arts. Um, I just can't even imagine the pressure trying to pull off something like this with the technical stuff that they're trying to do. Um, Chris. The fact that it started on a helicopter. I was expecting it to start and they're already at the base, but no, they, they actually fly in with the helicopter my 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 only gripe and this is something very stupid you don't sound that clear on the headsets in a helicopter but whatever <laughs> that's just me being super picky i admit it's it's a it's a minor 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 nitpick but the fact that it, it flies in it lands then there's dialogue like oh, there isn't actually any action for what over 10 minutes like it's it's all dialogue, it's all set up, it you know, and then when the shit hits the fan, then it goes off. But yeah, I was impressed at the start where I was like, I was like, okay, okay, action movie, here we go. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, they're gonna introduce the characters, which I appreciate because it introduces you to the SEAL team, which which another thing that I personally love is all the dialogue of the SEAL team feels extremely genuine how they are kind of talking shit to each other as it's going on. That is something me and my whole platoon would do in that situation is when, even when you're in the shit, you have to make jokes. You have to, you, you, you have to talk shit to anybody that you can just to be like, Hey man, you're like, this is going down, but, but I still think you're a dick. You know what I mean? Like, like all the energy of the seal team felt very real to me. And again, like uh, one of the reasons I'm like, I'm on this episode is all the tactical stuff. Yeah. I'm, I want to hear it. Bring I am, it. I am a, <laughs> a, a, like a stickler for that kind of stuff. If it's done wrong, it pisses me off. I'm looking at you, the walking dead in your damn chicken wing elbow that drives me up the fucking wall every single time I see it. Cause that's like, if you have any type of training in law enforcement or military, that's not how you shoot. And so when it is done right though, like I've put up a Twitter thread mm, like six months ago where like all the movies and projects, I think that it's done right. And I, I say that at the top of the heap, the number one of all time is strike back. This is right up on its heels. This is some of the cleanest work I've seen in a movie ever. It's not just in how they shoot. It's how they walk, how they are all behind cover, even on their trigger squeezing, on their shout commands. There's a moment where they're in the building of the hallway and Scott says, I'm out. He ducks down and, uh, and, Oh, the black guy, he ups on his rate of fire just a little bit while Scott is reloading. Scott hops up. He starts to fire off quick. And the other guy, he hops down. He reloads. And the other soldier is shooting once 
every two seconds. That's what you're taught to do is you don't just go. It's not always on burst. That is, that is so stupid. And I see it in movies all the time and I hate it. This is done 100% right. Even in how they walk, if they're in a crouch position or they aren't flat feet, it's heel to toe, heel to toe. And you kind of roll your foot off the ground there. The, um, an advisor on this movie is somebody who has training. He's been in the military. I like, um, I actually had a tweet off of James Dunn who said that his name is Tom Lee. Tom Lee is someone to watch. This guy obviously has had a career in the military and he's been in combat because he knows everything. Oh, that an ex soldier like me is going to nitpick and complain about this is an, Also out of Scott, he has never moved as clean as he does than in this movie, especially at the end in the climax when he's going behind like all the HESCO barriers, right? And all the blocking, how he moves, even with like his elbow and like his hands, everything is spot on. I was so impressed with this movie that immediately afterwards, I sent a message to Mike, like, Mike, Jesus Christ, this was impressive. And for me, I'm such a stickler for that kind of stuff. I left going, this is one of the strongest in terms of tactical action that I've ever seen. So, you know, we worship at the altar of Kaufman here. Is this Kaufman good? This is, this is as good as Kaufman. Like this is, this is on the level of the Johnny Strong stuff. This is, this is, oh, that tight and that clean. Just, just in the little moments where like Scott, he runs out on his AR and switches it real fast, you know, and does the two gun. That is, that is a hundred percent what you're trained to do. When he walks past a body, does a little pop real fast. That is, that is everything. It's, it sounds demented, but that's what you're trained to do. And Scott and the three and the other three actors on the SEAL team, they look like they, they, oh, they look and move as if they are either all ex-military or still are in the military. And that is something that I really, really appreciated. And I do want to shout out, uh, so it's Emmanuel Amani is wit. And Dino Kelly is Danny and Jack Parr as Ash. They are the uh, they are the other members of the SEAL team. Uh, most of them are stunt guys and fairly up and coming. But they're, to me, the untrained eye, they also look legit. I love when they're in the helicopter and they're giving Ash shit because they're like, Wit says, well, it can't be that serious. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, because they brought you along. Um, you know, and so when you're talking about... <laughs> balls um but i do want to shout them out because they all put in the work in this whether they have the experience or not they put in the work for this movie um ed no i that's i'm i mean i'm excited to be here on the show but i'm like as a fan i'm here to just pretty much hear chris say exactly what he just said so that's that's really interesting to me to just sit back and and listen to um but you know i guess what i'm thinking about in response to that is like um you know as someone who has absolutely no idea what what's real and not real, I just like 
want shit to look cool right and so what's neat is that in them doing it accurately um it actually also looks awesome you know it's it looks tight and i guess that's what we talked about i mean chris mentioned earlier that you kind of can't trim anything out of this movie right and and the 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 you know tactical approach to action works very well in this movie apparently from a place of authenticity but also just it's like it's great to watch. It's really satisfying to see these, like, I guess, you know, sometimes people talk about like when you see people who are really good at what they do, being really good at what they do on screen, like sometimes that's just very satisfying, <laughs> um, whether it's action or just, you know, politicians or, or, you know, detectives being really good at what they do and solving the crime or whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I got to say like going back to the very beginning, like you're right. I, I had sort of forgotten that, it takes a while for the action to pop off. But in my opinion, that very opening firefight, it pops off in an extremely exciting way. I mean, when those, the dudes like kind of come out of the back of that truck and there's all this like muzzle flashes going off everywhere. And you're like, oh, this is the movie. Like the movie's starting right now. And then they had this, this, this firefight with all those kind of concrete barriers. And there was all this really cool sort of tactical moves and, and they just instantly all knew what to do. Um, and that stuff's not commented on, you know, it's just, it's just there. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, like the, the tactical stuff being accurate is super cool, but also you got to go back to James Nunn and just say like, he knew how to direct that stuff and he knew how to make it exciting and how to make it feel like you can't lose any of this, uh, you know? And I think that's all, I mean, there's so many things we have to say that are, that are praises of the movie, but it's like, I guess I just think any one of these things that we loved about the movie isn't working quite right. It's going to have like a, a much bigger impact on the overall film because of the style. So like if the writing wasn't on point, this movie just wouldn't have been as good. Or like if that tactical component wasn't as cool and as effective, like the action wouldn't have been as exciting because you can't do the Boyka stuff. So the tactical thing is like important. And I, this is like super nerdy, but the location is super cool. They found the right place to shoot this thing where you could have these firefights and you could have like a helicopter that explodes and you could have all these barriers and, and like spaces for him to do the like sort of solid snake thing. There's a few moments where there's like some crawling around behind, you know, ducking behind things. And, it's like the, the people, whoever did locations on this and whoever kind of set designed this thing, like props to them too, because that's that's the kind of nerdy stuff that most people will never think about or care about. But it, it, it made a difference and made this one of the best, you know, one shot movies that that are one shot action movies for sure. Well, and that's actually perfect because I want to transition from the very real tactical stuff to the fact that this movie is also video game as hell. <laughs> like when they're sitting there in that room and Ryan Phillippe's like, you got to get to the array. And, and Scott's like, I'll do it. I'm like, Oh my God, this is fucking metal gear solid. <laughs> like this is, I did too. I did too. I was like, I'm watching a cutscene. Yeah, this is totally and he and like you said, Ed, he has to climb through the duct and and there's even the part where he has to like punch the vent out like he's in fucking Arkham Asylum. So it's it, that's one of the things I love about this is it's 
it's on one hand this very gritty realistic tactical action movie but it's also this totally fantastical video game influenced action movie and, and we've talked i've talked with people about this before um that you know, one of the things that people are screwing up with video game movies is stop adapting the video games and take video game aesthetics and apply them to other movies. And this movie does this. Like, I guarantee you, when they inevitably make a Call of Duty movie, and you know they will, it will not be as Call of Duty as One Shot is. One Shot is the Call of Duty movie that we all want like or the metal gear solid movie that we all want because it's video game as hell there's there's setup objectives like scott has to crawl through that and then to get to the array you get that entire scene of him ducking behind you know hiding and then killing guys with the knife but God forbid, you know, like I'm literally watching it going, if he fucks up and makes too much noise, the other guards are going to have the exclamation point over their head. <laughs> and Scott's going to have to pull a cardboard box over his head. And <laughs> like, 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 So I love that this movie has one foot in both worlds. It's completely grounded in reality and realistic, but also not even in the slightest because of the way it's shot and the way it's structured, it's completely fantastical and video gamey. And I love it. That's and Chris, I know you're a big gamer. So what do you think about that? I will add on to that and be like the 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 one point of contention in terms of how spot on it is is the fact they would have run out of ammo about twenty. Oh, 20 minutes in, especially with how with how much they're shooting and how many uh, how many of the bad guys that are getting dropped. An, a standard chest rig holds eight 30 round magazines. That's it. They shot over 500 rounds a piece easily, easily. And there isn't any of the guys oh, that have an assault bag on them, you know, with extra ammo or anything like that. It's just what they carry on their chest. That's it. They would have run out of ammo. That's other than that. I agree with you. Like it is very video gamey. When he said, I have to go to the array. I was like, I'm, this is metal gear solid. You know, like you said, you know, like this is metal gear. And then he actually has a stealth sequence in that building where he like, he has the gun and the knife or like, <laughs> If he shoots somebody, in comes all the guards. But even when he's on the way into the building, all the guards are all facing one way. It's like, it's, it's like I'm expecting on the minimap oh, to have that radar kind of swing a little bit. <laughs> Where I was like, guys, all it takes is for them to just turn half a turn and in their peripheral, you know, they see this guy just kind of. Doo -doo 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 -doo. But I mean, it, it is a movie, so there is a suspension of, of disbelief in that regard. But, at, but again, it didn't really like, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, Oh, this wouldn't happen. 
it was just like, yeah, I dig it. It is very realistic, but it's also video gamey. I'm, I'm in, I'm sold. Well, that to me, that goes back to Ed's point of the script. The basis of the script is I, I don't think any of that was like, that wasn't unintentional. Like I haven't talked to James about that. Uh, hopefully knock on wood, I will get to, but like, they knew what they were doing. Like they knew exactly what they were going for. This script is so tight and so well plotted that they're absolutely like, we're going to make this, you know, what's the tactical stealth action or whatever the subtitle of metal gear solid is like, that's, that's literally what they're going for here is that Um, because you can't possibly write in your script. I've got to get to an array, go through a stealth sequence and not know exactly what you're doing. And <laughs> I mean, I guess somebody could, but I can guarantee you this, a director as good as James Nunn is not doing that without knowing exactly what he's doing. Um, and so that's what I love about it is if you want just a kick ass, kick ass action movie, you got it. If you want, something a little more serious and realistic, you somehow managed to get that as well. And th- man, that's fucking hard to pull off. Uh, oh, did you just go to me? <laughs> oh, you, you cut out just, and I have a one syllable name. So uh, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, deer in headlights. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys have said so much, you know, you're, you're you're upping my appreciation of the movie i want to see it again i mean you know seeing stuff on a screener link isn't the best way to see movies so uh i, I wish we were in a world where you know we were seeing scott atkins movies on the big screen all the time um but yeah i'm you you've certainly convinced me to, to watch it again i mean I, I was all in on this being you know easily one of the better action movies of the year that i've seen thus far um i don't think 2021 is quite um, I don't know. I don't want to say too much because sometimes I get in and I, I remember what I've seen and I'm like, oh no, this movie, this year was amazing. But uh, this, this is easily up there for, for this year. And, and you're right. I think Scott, um, you know, I, I always cover all his stuff. And I think this is one of the, the better ones I can think of in the last couple of years um, for sure. And, you know, because we always, you know, getting back to talking about Scott, I guess, um, and the American accent and the tactical stuff and all that kind of thing. I think one of the things that's just so exciting about being a Scott Atkins fan is just that like, he just puts in the work. Like he always, he, he, he always is upping his game and improving. And, and like Mike's always the first to say, not every single movie is, you know, this, the best of the year kind of stuff. But I mean, he is always doing something to, to be up in his game. And that's just very, rewarding as a fan who's followed him for a really long time now um it's pretty he makes it very easy to be a scott Atkins fan let's put it that way yeah i will always say and i i 100 stand by this i don't care whether it's dead reckoning or incoming or fucking grimsby um he has never in his career been the worst thing in any movie that he's ever been in. And 97% of the time, he's actually been the best thing in the movie that he's been in. Um, 
What I do want to do, though, I do. We need to give some credit to some other people that are due. Uh, we're we're getting to where we need to wrap it up. But uh, Ashley Green, uh, Chris, what did you think of her performance? I thought she was absolutely amazing. And uh, I, like I, I like the fact that Scott has worked with her in the past. Um, and since we're in spoilers at the start of the movie, oh, you see the photo of the ultrasound. And then her character's killed off in a graphic way. And I was like, that is too far. But then you find out that it wasn't the case. And that kind of saved the movie for me at the end. Cause I was like, guys, you didn't need to do that moment, but they didn't. And I really appreciate that. I thought she was great. I was expecting a villain turn out of Ryan Phillippe, to be totally honest. Just, mm-hmm. just how his character was at the start and just how he's like super smug. I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. He's obviously a mole. He's going to be on the other end. And he wasn't. And I was extremely surprised by that. He was just a hard ass who was at this base and bam, done. Yeah, he's so, not a bad guy. He's just a dick. Yeah, it <laughs> avoided all the cliches that I thought I saw coming, which is another thing I appreciate. And um, God, I'm already drawing a blank on his name. And the target who they Baldy. are. Ch- Baldy. He I was saying his name a lot because he is outstanding in this movie. His acting is top notch. I think in terms of like all the acting overall, he's the strongest because he gives such an emotional performance where at first, oh, you think it's a case of it's the wrong guy, but then you find out it isn't the wrong guy. And then you find out all of his reasons are behind all of his actions and they're heartbreaking. Like he isn't just a, I'm a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy. There are layers and to his character and he sells it. I was, I was really impressed by him. Really impressed. Ed, um, guys, I'm just looking up. Uh, I'm just looking up Ashley Green. I had never looked into her before, and I've never seen a Twilight movie, so I didn't really even know who she was. I'm I'm amazed that I completely forgot she was an accident man. Now that I'm looking it up, I'm like, oh yeah, they worked together before. Um, I was like, I think I'm supposed to know who this is, but I didn't. I didn't know who it was. Um, but but yeah, I think she acquitted herself very well. I, you know the. Um, the, the the fake me out of the ultrasound for her character, I think was, was cool because, you know, I, I don't know at first it's like, Oh gosh, it's like, we don't know how to write women. So we'll just make her pregnant. Like that's just what, you know? And then it was like, no, they, they, they the fake out was like that, that, that was actually a part of her like Intel. She, you know, you know, even though she, she's killed in the, in the movie, like her, she contributes to the resolution of the, of the plot. Right. Um, and, and so I think that was a cool, it was good writing in terms of keeping us just engaged and having a twist. And it was good for her, for her character. Uh, I, I also totally thought Ryan Felipe was a bad guy. Cause that's what I was getting to at the beginning before spoilers is like, I mean, those of us that are nerds that, that follow this stuff, it's like, okay, this is Ryan Felipe. He's like the name he's above the, he's above the credits, you know, above the title of the movie. So like, he's going to have more to do when he disappeared for like a huge chunk of time. But that was, yeah, it was kind of played on my expectations that it, the twist wasn't that, Oh, he's, he's the bad guy. Like, so I, 
Yeah. I mean, just in wrapping up, that's, that's, you guys really, we've nailed a lot of the stuff that I wanted to get to and saying even some of those little twists and little details were what I had was thinking about when I was saying that the script is, is super, you know, crucial to the whole thing as well. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's not just a Scott, Scott Adkins joint. I mean, it's everybody kind of bringing, bringing pretty a game work. It's so funny that you guys thought that Ryan Phillippe was going to be the bad guy because I actually thought Terrence Maynard's character shields was the bad guy. Cause he's just so such a douche for so much of the movie. Uh, we're going to throw him out there. And, and, um, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Ashley green is another one of the actors that we can chalk up to. Can we stop? fucking holding them accountable for twilight like robert like how many fucking good movies do robert pattinson and kirsten stewart have to make before we finally just get over the goddamn twilight thing um and i think she's one of them too and ryan Phillippe's great because he's just douchey enough uh that it's like you get where he's coming from but I am not going to lie. I also enjoyed when Scott choked him out at the end of the movie, because it's like, I get where you're coming from, but you're still a dick on this. But, uh, but I've just Waleed Elgadi. Okay. So the script on this is so smart and so well done, but if he doesn't work as Mansoor, this entire movie runs the risk of falling apart like it'll still be a kick-ass action movie but we're not going to be talking about it the way we've talked about it for the last hour and 10 minutes if he doesn't work as this character because he is who they think he is but we get why he is as opposed to you know i was so worried when this started that i'm like Okay, so is this just going to be a 90-minute episode of 24? And admittedly, the start of the movie kind of feels like that. Um, But it is not that. It is a on-point... I don't want to oversell it. It's still a kick-ass Scott Adkins action movie. But it is an on-point, sensitive, fairly nuanced portrayal of a movie that could be not that I had a friend text me after the trailer and he's like, this seems really like a hoorah right wing. And I'm like, it's not trust me. It's, it's a universal story. Um, I mean, it is a war movie. There is heroes and villains, but it's still, it's a universal story that really has nuance and depth. And that all comes back to the script None of this happens without a script that works as well as this one does. Um, and yeah, in, in that, again, I'm going to tip my hat to him. Uh, that goes back to James. It was his idea. He worked on the script with Jamie Russell and then he directed this. Um, so yeah, I just, I really, really love this movie guys. I fucking love this movie. I, this is this is gonna be one of my top of the year. Um, it's it's pretty terrific. Um, I just and I I feel like maybe that's a good place to wrap it up. So I'm gonna give you guys a chance to have what any last minute thoughts. So I'll go to you first. 
Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you said, Mike. This is one of my top movies of the year. Um, and I think in terms of action movies that aren't all that heavy on the martial arts, this is one of the best of Scott's career. And, you know, the fact that he's making it after he's made how many other action movies shows he's not slowing down. And I want to see a lot more of, of this style out of him now where I'm like, okay, yeah, I love all the martial arts movies that he does. He's, he's a, he's a phenomenal martial artist. This though shows he can also do all the tactical stuff that I dig so much. This is easily in my top 10 of the year. If not my top five, this was, this was a treat to watch. And Mike, I think even, even like a week later, you know, like I was still, I was still, on Twitter with you going, man, dude, I can't stop thinking about that movie. Like, it, like I want to see it again. I can't wait to own it on Blu-ray so I can watch it as many times as possible and see like, is there a cut there? Ah, screw it. I don't care about the cuts. And just, just I'm along for the ride and man, James Nunn, I will watch anything that you direct after this. I will head back and watch all the rest of your stuff. And Tom Lee, As a soldier to soldier, dude, you did us proud. Ed, final thoughts. Man, yeah, I, I have to follow that up. Damn. <laughs> Good stuff, Chris. Um, yeah, I, uh, I would say, even though I have actually not seen the, the Marine films that James Nunn has done, I definitely would recommend folks... Um, for sure, check out One Shot and, and then go back and check out. I mean, I had the privilege of seeing, I haven't seen Tower Block since it came out, but I, I, I recall seeing it at a festival and uh, it must have it must have played Fantastic Fest. I bet. Yeah, it um, played Fantastic Fest. Okay. So I best I bet I saw it there. And, and that was, it's this British like sniper thriller kind of deal. And it takes place in these Tower Blocks, like a la Attack the Block. And there was this whole, you know, subgenre of like tower block movies that, that were coming out around that time. And I remember just being so in, I just, I loved it. And, and uh, I think Eliminators is, uh, is really awesome uh, in terms of both as a Scott Atkins movie. And as this, um, I'd never been introduced to, uh, I, I don't follow wrestling, sorry, action Twitter, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, uh, that Stu Small or um, I don't know. He, I don't even know what his real name is or what his stage name okay. is, but <laughs> you're confusing. So Stu small is Scott's friend. Who's the co-writer. Oh yes, 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 yes. But Stu Bennett, his okay. name is Wade Barrett, but Stu Bennett. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I had never seen him before until I saw eliminators. And then I went and followed him and have seen a bunch of his other action movie stuff. And I think he's really great, but uh, just saying, Hey, it's worth going back and checking out uh, James Nunn stuff. And I will, eventually get myself around to those marine movies guys i saw that first one and i was just done i was like i'm out i'm out of this this franchise but then it's like uh, i gotta see those those ones in the middle i i gotta maybe just uh, get over my completionist thing and just skip two and three and go like straight to four five six or something but uh anyway that's an aside um so yeah i would say in terms of james nunn uh this is I would say a next level in terms of what I've seen from him. I've, I've really liked tower block green street and eliminators. So that's what I've seen of his stuff. Um, but I do think this is next level just because of the, the execution. It's just unbelievable. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, I guess something Chris was saying is like a final thought on, on Scott is that, um, you know, I think you're right. Like, I think I'll always, I'll always hope that there's like more Boyka left in him, like more flying triple spin kicks and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, the benefit of Scott working so hard all the time and expanding his skill set so much is that like, I mean, we could be watching him doing shit on screen for another 30 years and uh you know he, he could age into a bronson for us or something like that as as he keeps going um and or i don't know i'm picturing him almost having like a character actor future where he can he can pop in i mean i just think um avengement was like his most incredible acting performance and just gave us this this side of him that we hadn't quite seen yet and so i don't know for me one shot is like this great, it exists in this great place of like, Hey, if this, this is your introduction to James Nunn, amazing. You're coming in an amazing place and, and go, definitely go back and check out his earlier stuff. And then also like, you know, for Scott Adkins, it comes at a great place in his career of like, he's still bringing us new stuff. He's still executing really, really challenging stuff. Um, he's the first to say he's getting older and you know, he's tired. <laughs> he's tired, mate. <laughs> uh but you know but he's but he's not because he's he's got that fire in his belly and he brings it to us so um yeah definitely all in high recommend yeah i mean the one thing we didn't even get to uh so i'll just quickly say there are two hand-to-hand fights in this that are choreographed by tim mann that are terrific so if you're worried that scott's slowing down on the martial arts stuff it's still in here but I think the thing is, is he always wants to be better. Um, And I agree with you, Ed. He's he there's no reason he can't make a movie like this in his 50s or 60s. You know, he's my age. I mean, our birthdays are two months apart and I am not a young man. So we're not necessarily we don't necessarily have a bunch of boykas left in us. But if what he transitions to is something like this. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm also going to second James Nunn rules. I will tell people I disagree with Ed. I like the first Marine skip two and three. (laughs) They're not worth watching, especially for the love of God skip two because Ted DiBiase Jr. is not an actor. Um, But four five and six, if you're on the DTV vibe, they are a lot of fun and way better than they have any right to be. Uh, but this is a glow up, a an absolute level up for James Nunn. Um, and all I can hope is he can even go more and bigger from here because uh, what he pulls off here is, I think, nothing short of spectacular, especially for the budget. This has a budget of somewhere in the neighborhood of $5 million is what I've heard. 1917, which is the last big one shot movie, had a budget of like $120 million. Um, It's unconscionable to me that that he wasn't given more money to do this and yet still pulled this off. So um strongest of all possible recommendations for me in terms of the adjacent reviews of Scott's movies I've done. There's not another one that's even in the ballpark of this one. This one is like I said, this is 
for me, Day of Reckoning, Undisputed 3, Avengement, level good. Um, I will... I will absolutely uh, go down as this is a classic Scott Adkins movie. Um, so folks listening, I, I, if you're not sold yet, then you're just not going to fucking watch the movie. <laughs> because, um, so anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, thanks so much, man. Great to be here. Great to chat with you guys. Um, I love our action Twitter, uh, cohort. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find me, uh, probably the best place to find me is just on Twitter at Ed underscore Travis. Um, and I had up, uh, synapse, which is just a movie website. We review movies. We kind of, um, just, write about what we love. And so I happen to write a lot of action movie reviews, but a lot of my people write um, art house shit and all that kind of stuff. So um, Synapse is just with a C-I-N, but we're uh, on Twitter, we're at Synapse News. And I will absolutely say Synapse is one of my favorite movie websites um, because you do cover, you get the highbrow and the lowbrow at the same place. And I absolutely love it. So if you're not following synapse and reading synapse and you're listening to this, uh, please correct that uh, egregious life mistake. Chris, uh, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at ginger dome 81. Cause yes, I am a redhead, even though you're like, it's starting to go away a little bit. But uh, and on my Twitter, uh, I have the link to um, I'm on Letterbox and all because of Mike, actually. Oh, this year I started to actually go and write all my reviews up there, um, which is something that I've. I really enjoy it. Uh, I'm not much of a writer. It's like I like film it good, uh, but all that stuff's on my letterbox as well, but I'm, I'm always active on Twitter and especially I'm all in on the action Twitter. I love all of our guys in there. It's just an amazing small little space on Twitter. So yeah. And Chris is also very humble. So I'm also going to shout out a couple of other things. Uh, This episode has not come out yet, uh, but he joins me for jarhead three when we get to that we've already recorded that i just haven't edited that yet and uh friends of the show brother from another mother my action bro rob antiquara the cinema drunkie and his podcast the action drunkies chris just joined them for the night comes for us uh so please check that episode out uh, that was an absolute blast to record. I love Rob. I love Mac. I text, I text all like all the time now with Rob. He's just a just a gem of a human being. Rob and I have a, a long-standing agreement that anytime we start a new show, we are one another's uh, first guests uh, because he was my first guest on Adkins doing the Accidental Spy, and then I was his first guest on. Uh, his hopefully soon to be released podcast, The Wrath of Stath, covering the films of Jason Statham. Um, Rob's my brother. I love him to death. Um, 
And we're going to try to get Chris doing more stuff uh, because he's as, as anybody's listening knows he's a very, very smart man. Um, so thank you for the compliment, <laughs> but uh, yes. Uh, so synapse for Ed stuff, uh, ginger dome 81 for Chris's stuff. You can find me at Hibachi justice on Twitter. You can find this show at Adkins podcast on Twitter and uh Linktree slash Adkins podcast, Adkins Undisputed Pod for everywhere else. Uh, I have also recently joined another podcast called Action for Everyone, where uh, Skylines director Liam O'Donnell and the great Vice Victus and I and a rotating slate of guests will just talk about the week in action. We're just going to talk about some shit that's going on in action. Uh, at the time we're recording this week, one of the big things we're going to be talking about is the uh, ambulance trailer, because how can you not? It's a new Michael Bay movie. We're going to be talking about that. So um, anyway, you can find us all there. Ed, Chris, gents, thank you so much for joining me for this. Um, I just really hope people do check out one shot. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been this excited to record a podcast about a movie. Pleasure all on this side, man. I've like, I, I can't thank you enough, you know, Oh, for the chance oh, oh, to see this early and record a review. It's, been an absolute pleasure thank you again and ed it was awesome meeting you finally i know i mean i've tweeted at you i don't know how many times we finally <laughs> get the our like pseudo meet in quotes <laughs> yep absolutely what a blast man thanks so much for taking time to hang out all right fellas talk to you soon <laughs>